How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The Custard TV podcast, hello. Hello to Gary in the London area. Hello. Don't steal my... No, 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 but I mean, I'm trying to see how long I can Don't steal my bit. Don't steal my bit. There's only one gap, and it's Matt's gap. And Matt's in the north with no cold water, or possibly no water. Mm. Dum, dum, dum. Because I got um, some free time over the weekend, because I'm not as in need as I should be over the weekend. I, I went on Gary's Twitter, because I assume that's what everyone does when they're bored. Yeah. And when you go on somebody's Twitter profile, I'm probably telling you something you already know, but it says, people you also follow follow this person oh yeah so on the corner it had matt and hello. i think it had hello <laughs> it had i think lorna cooper from msn follows you yeah uh, so and i follow her so i saw her barack obama follows you gary you're joking no so you I follow obama see. and obama oh, right. follows gary that's it yeah well does gary follow obama and you follow obama no, I follow Obama, and yeah. Obama follows Gary. Okay. The only person He's not your... following appears to be you. You've only got 825 followers, so I can go through Whoa, them. whoa, whoa. Do you, I mean, there's no need to say only and then 825. Okay. Don't you... just blow past that. Sorry. I've only got 282. I'm being followed by by Adult Humour 18+. plus. Ooh, Gary. Uh, Waterstones Uxbridge. Um... Yeah, I just saw that. Waterstones Uxbridge. There's a podcast in this, really, I think. I don't think Waterstones in Uxbridge is there anymore, is it? Because I used to live in Uxbridge. No, 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 it, it is, because I know... Oh, no, guy. no, it used to be a Borders and it became a Waterstones. Yeah, I know, I, I know the guy, so... You okay, keep talking so... and I'll find Barack Obama. Okay, this is the podcast where we <laughs> do this for a bit and then we talk uh, TV reviews, picks of the week, uh, what's coming up in the coming week. I'm certain of this, and if this isn't true now, I'll be so annoyed... 68 yeah. followers you know. What does it say on the followers 30 you followers know. you know. 30 yeah. followers you know. That means people who follow him, though, doesn't it? 30 followers you know. Yeah. So if I saw Barack in this list at, at one point... Yes, I did. <laughs> you do it then, Luke. Go on Gary's oh, thing man, now. I'm annoyed at you. <gasps> He's there. He's there. So, yeah. Matt, you go yes. on to Gary's Twitter, right? Yeah. I'm not following the... Barack Obama, though. Right, let me follow Barack Obama, which I'm doing now. <laughs> what? And then I'll go to Gary. What is Barack Obama's Twitter name? At Barack Obama. Right, follow Obama. 14 followers you know. Yes, he is there. Gary is being followed by Barack Obama, yes? 
You're there between Lorna Cooper and Michael Hogan of the, the Daily Telegraph. Barack Obama is there. No, at Barack Obama. Oh, hold on. How do you spell Barack? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Luke. Hey, everybody. Here's our staff. Gary. I've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. Talking telly. Try it. Just for one week. Just try the program for one week. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Lord, he does. Oh my God, he gets there eventually. Ah, to be fair, though, he is following six hundred and thirty. Yeah, but why is he people. following you? Oh, Surely, as I'm the editor, he should be following me. He's got he's got eighty seven million followers. Yeah, but and he's, he's following, following six hundred and thirty thousand, and you're in there. Oh. Why? I don't know. But don't ask. Just if he is listening to this, and he's got more time on his hands now to listen to this, he should follow and follow Gary. And follow Matt and I, because no, no, Gary no, no, doesn't no, no, even no. know how to spell your name. No, 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 so. no. Let, let's get this right. Barack, if you're listening, um, I know you've not got like any presidential power, but send I a sign. I think you still meant to call him Mr. President, even I though think he's not said... the president. No, 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 no. just call him Barack. I've seen 24. No, he's not Mr. President-elect. He's not Mr. President. He's Mr. Obama now. No, he is. You still call All him he Mr. gets president. is a library. All he gets a... is a library... And the security, that's it. I remember 24 after... Um, that's a television David programme, Matt. David Palmer wasn't president anymore. They were still referring to him as Mr. President. That's a tele- Yeah, but how then How then do you know which Mr. President is the one that is Mr. President? Well, the one you're talking to is the one you call... <laughs> no, but like, if I start calling all the former presidents Mr. President, I mean, Trump's Mr. got enough president problems. Mr. President-elect. No, that's before you're elected as president. Ugh. It's Mr. Trust Luke, me. why did you start this? To, to sum anyway, up. <laughs> he follows me. It's Barack. And on that note, shall I go west? There's some potential major news coming out of America this week. Potentially, there could be another writer's strike. Field of writers, which all American sitcoms and drama and TV writers have to be a part of. It's a little bit different than over here. The WGA. Uh, have called, yeah, have called a strike starting on the 2nd of May, which I believe is the Tuesday. Is that right after the bank holiday? Yeah, they, now, they're lucky they get the bank holiday off the bank. <laughs> well, that's right. Now, this immediately affects things like Saturday Night Live, you know, live programmes which would come up. It also then, in a knock-on effect, would begin to affect sitcoms and dramas. The, 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 the Guild of Writers in America went on strike, and it affected a huge number of programmes. Uh, series were cut in numbers. I think anyone that watched Series 1 of Heroes will agree that Series 2 which was shorter, lacked uh, real anything, any idea, because the writers basically weren't there. And, uh, Better the than creator... Series 3. Well, sure, but when they <laughs> went down here... If the strike like... had last longer, it would have been a brilliant show. <laughs> it did give me a chance, I remember at the time, to catch up on a few shows, and that might be the only <laughs> blessing that we get out of We're going to talk later about the Americans and Veep. They're on telly, but they're done, whereas things like picking a sitcom out of the air, Modern Family, Brooklyn Nine-Nine... Goldbergs. Those, Goldbergs. They are written as they're shown almost. There's a couple of weeks overlap. So it does really cripple the schedules. Is it like something every 10 years? Is there a reason it's been 10 years? Or... I don't know. What I are they actually striking about, Gary? Is it stamps? It's, it's, it's pay, I believe. It's writer's pay. I never understand why network shows run the way they do because this could happen any time and it means there's only half of half of a show there. I don't understand why they don't run like cable and get the majority done and then 
Or, or shall I give you? Goes. Shall I give you um, some reasons why they're striking? Or yes, do you not care? This this would inform our discussion further. I feel um, the health plan, which is facing a deficit, apparently. Right. Uh, the, w, uh, the writers' average yearly income has decreased, while studios' operating profits have doubled from a decade ago. Yeah. And also the way they're compensated with the rise of um, Netflix and Amazon and things yeah. like that. Uh, there are more scripted shows now than in the past, but the normal shifted from 22 episode seasons to about 10 to 13. Shows now take longer to produce. You know, they want to change the way they're paid, basically, with the new platforms. But and they're daft, aren't they? Because they've obviously got really comfortable again thinking it wouldn't happen. Mm. And we're 10 years on, and here we go again. Well, taking more time to produce an episode can, can make for better TV. Writers argue that they're losing out on pay, especially with exclusivity deals that make it hard for writers to get work on other shows to make up the difference. Yeah. And more so series it, overall that are less likely to go into syndication. In America, somebody is called the creator who has the original idea, and then it, normally a room of writers is responsible for putting together an episode or an episode concept. Usually, as, as Luke yeah. would say, this is again goes to the network shows, isn't it? Yeah. Like the case, yes. the cables are more likely to be written by one or two people, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Things like The Wire was written entirely by David Simon and another guy. Uh, they wrote well, exclusively. Well, it can't be written entirely by David Simon <laughs> and another guy. Well, no, no, no. But him and David Simon and another guy that I can't remember wrote yeah. all five series of The Wire. Whereas something like, I don't know, NCIS is written by a room of 20 writers. So, you know, they might be a creator and developer, but it, the writing comes from all, you know, that whole thing. And if you've ever watched The Excellent, I would recommend it if you want to understand a bit more behind American television, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, you get that real feeling of how a show, particularly like Saturday Night Live, is put together. If you want to have more of a laugh, though, 30 Rock. Well, yeah. 30 Rock does this, <laughs> which, yeah, I do agree. Which was affected the by the writer's strike in 2008. Absolutely, yes, in, in a kind of... series in half. I believe that there is a television programme or a book that could be written and should be written about how that writer's strike affected American TV. Because I do believe that there was a real dip in quality uh, around that time. And it took well, a while. When nobody was writing. Yeah, because it took a while. Because let's There's one man who was doing all the writing. Yeah. Well, that's it. But when you're not... I mean, if American television is based on this writer's room, if you're not in that room bouncing ideas off each other, if you've gone back to your condo in, you know, whatever, in Los Angeles and you're sitting there at home not being paid on strike... You're not being creative, therefore, you know, what's going to happen? A lot happen? of them are, are, aren't affording these condos anymore. That's... I mean, I don't know. What, what series of 24 was on in that year, Matt? Can you, could you work that out? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once again. Did they rest it for you and just did that, that one film where, or where was he was those... coming around in Africa with Robert Carlyle? Moving on, this week saw the return of a favourite of Matt and Luke's. I oh. watched the first episode of each season. Of both series. Oh, of course. Right, OK, you did the Matt. Fair enough. Now, the basis is this, of course, is based on the, 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 the Coen Brothers film of the same name that was released about 15 years ago. It's set in northern Minnesota, 20, very years close ago. to the Canadian border. I mean, the accents in this are very much more Canadian than American, aren't they? Everybody's going to boot. Ewan McGregor plays two brothers. One of which is a wealthy businessman. He's certainly quite well off, doing quite well. He's got a business partner who looks after the financial and the legal sides of things. He's married, but kind of gives off that impression that maybe he has affairs. But... <laughs> no, but he does. This is all conjecture. You didn't see an affair in the episode. I didn't see anything, but we'll find out later in the series. Ewan McGregor's other character is this wealthy businessman's brother, 
who is a probation officer in the town. And he's um, appears to be a little nefarious again. He um, The reason that he's come to see his brother is he wants to have a loan to buy a ring uh, for his fiance. His fiance is an ex-convict who he's the probation officer of, of, and it appears that he's fallen in love. And this may not be the first time he's been married. Or the first time, it's certainly not the first time he's asked for money. He's doing it again. Obviously, the fact that it's you and McGregor means they look very similar, but they're obviously done up very heavy makeup wise. No, but you know what I mean. And that's the only I'm sure I've seen this episode, share. but I'm not sure anymore. The wealthy brother appears to have got rich because he had a stamp that he, he kind of conned his younger brother out of. And it's left that basically the older brother says, I'm sorry, I'm not in a financial position to help you. And the younger brother decides, well, that's it. And he tries to get one of his ex-cons to steal the stamp. It's at that point that everything goes a little bit wrong. And that kind of happens in other series of Fargo that I've watched, that there's a good intention and it just goes wrong. And that's how we end up with the police being involved right at the end of this episode. The ex-con gets the address wrong. He, He loses the bit of paper with the address on it that he was given. And he finds somebody else in the local area with that name. And instead of going to the older brother's house to rob him... He ends up going to this bloke who happens to be it's the similar the first name, officer. isn't it? Because Ewan McGregor's called Emmett and this guy's called Ennis. And he kills him and steals some stamps from his drawer. When he then brings the stamps to the uh, probation officer's house, there's an altercation there. And it ends with him being killed by his the, the probation officer's new fiance by managing to work out that if she, at the right time she pushes the air conditioning unit out of the window or the heater, she can make it land on him and therefore kind of killing him. The guy who the air conditioning unit fell on, the guy he killed was the father of the policewoman that's that father. Yeah. Him. I'll go to Matt first. Oh, as right. like me. Someone who's not seen a lot of Fargo. No. What did you make of this first episode, if it is a standalone, as Matt, as Luke says? I don't know. Um, I enjoyed parts of it, but I don't think I was ever involved in the characters. And I found this with with um, Legion as well. I think Noah Hawley has is good at creating these like characters who are interesting, who are quirky, but at the same time. I personally really didn't want to spend that much time with. I I, mm. I liked the performances. I thought Ewan McGregor did very well. I really liked David Hewlis as the sort of um, yeah, he's dodgy the one we didn't mention. Yeah. Dodgy investor um, who's who oh, they yeah, thought they've got we, a loan yeah. from. They thought they were getting a loan from David Hewlis's company, but it turned out that it was an investment. They're a dodgy company. They want to basically well, Ewan McGregor's company. They want to clean money embezzle, through, embezzle money through his company, yeah. don't they? I thought he was good. I liked uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the uh, girlfriend Nikki, uh, yes. the, uh, who's very good at playing poker. The only that was Bridge, sim- Bridge, sorry. But I think the the sort of sympathetic character that we're meant to be drawn to is the uh, female sheriff. But I just found her a bit dull. And those well, scenes- that, that's the thing. I, I kind of agree. If she's supposed to be the and, kind of and, going yeah. forward heroine, then. You didn't get much of her this episode. I mean, even for a plot that you'd think I would enjoy because it centres around stamps. Um, there wasn't. I, well, I, I was it would be a bit of a busman's holiday. Busman's holiday, know. that might be it. But no, I, 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 I appreciated it, but I felt I was watching it from a distance, if that makes sense. I echo a lot of what Matt said, and I would say that I think it was about 15, 10, 15 minutes too long to pique my interest. I felt very disconnected from it, and I don't think I'm going to watch another episode, I'm afraid. I think the problem with this series, for me having watched the first two, is it's kind of going through 
the Fargo motions a bit. So somebody's killed to solve some problem, and then those people have to go on the run, and then it, it gets a bit tangled well, up. Well, that's how done. the film was really yeah. going back to and that. So I, th- so I think it just always follows those same plot do, lines. And do, it you think, to... do you think a problem is, is that we know who did it, so there's no real... No, no, because it's, you know? it's not about that. It's about the mess they get themselves into oh, okay. and, the, and the people they meet along the line. I agree that you didn't see a great deal of the, the police. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Heroin played by Carrie Coon, who Gary might remember plays a wonderful role in the first series of The Leftovers. I know she's capable of good things, but yeah, you didn't see a lot of her. Had this not been a show that I'd seen before, I think I'd feel identical to you both. Because I sort of know how okay. it unravels and... You know could, the formula. Yeah. But also I think because I know the formula is why I didn't enjoy it so much in a funny way as well. It's weird. It's got going through the motions. I don't know where it's going to go. The second series of Fargo blew my mind. And if if anyone, if there is a motor strike, somebody needs to watch that because it was really good. But this just seemed like it was doing similar things again. I am going to keep watching because... I find it an easy watch, even though I agree with you. I wasn't as invested this time as I have been previous times. But I think it is also a show that takes some time for you to get into. I might let the episodes build up and join it when... I think there were ten altogether, so I might wait until there's five and I could just Uh, go through them. Yeah, I get the impression that it might do better for a binge watch, perhaps. Yeah, I binge watched the other two and they're really easy because they all end on a cliffhanger and you just go straight to the next one and it's a really... It can be a really twisted story and Noah Hawley is very capable of that, but I wonder whether having Legion on as well, obviously his mind was in other places and I think think that shows a little bit because I feel like as good as the cast is, you and McGregor, David Thewlis, Harry Coon, I think they're all good. Fargo is due to return to Channel 4 in May. There's no set date according to information I've got yeah. here. So as soon as we do have it, we'll try and let you know. So me and Luke have both been watching Big Little Lies as it's been on uh, on Sky Atlantic. If you haven't been watching, we'll just remind you it's about 
several mums in the uh, Californian community of Monterey, whose children all attend the same first grade class. We've got Nicole Kidman in this as Celeste, who is a lawyer who's being abused by her younger husband. Shailene Woodley plays Jane, who uh, is a newcomer to the town. Her son Ziggy is accused of bullying another child, Laura Dern's Renata's daughter, Amabella. He says he hasn't done it, and over the course we think oh he's been taken to a child psychiatrist by jane who and the psychiatrist says oh you know he's a good boy i don't think he would have done this we also learn about jane's past about how she was raped and how ziggy was a product of that we we kind of think similar to born to kill which we discussed last week the only reason that jane doubts her son is because she knows who his father is and she Mm. wonders whether there's a bit of his father in him Side, I love that. I like. love Reese Witherspoon's Madeline, who is sort of the busybody of the town, likes to get involved in everyone else's arguments and things like that. Sort of inserts herself in the middle of the Jane and Renata argument, and it all builds up to what we know, as Gary greatly described it as it's not a who done it, it's a who done it too. Um, <laughs> Basically, we knew that there had been a murder throughout the course of the series. We have interviews with the sort of supporting parents who've got kids in the same class as these characters. Um, Some lovely sort of comic asides. We learn in this last episode that the murder victim, uh, fingers and ears if you don't want to know who it was, uh, was Nicole Kidman's husband, uh, Perry, played by um, Alexander Skarsgård, who was pushed down a flight of stairs by... um, Bonnie, the character played by Zoe Kravitz, after he gets into a kerfuffle with all of the main women, during which everyone realises that he's been abusing his wife and also that he is responsible for raping Mary... Not Mary. What's her name? Jane. Jane. um, (laughs) Mary Mary Jane. Jane. And um, he is basically Ziggy's father as well, and they do a scene which, at the time, Luke, you didn't realise this. This diligent viewer didn't exactly pick up on this, no. But to be Where fair they were to sort me, of all looking at they didn't them. bang you over the head with it, really. So if this diligent viewer... Did you not like it, the fact that they didn't I bang you it. over the head with it? Yes. And in Which is a poor turn of phrase. It's quite a poor turn of phrase, seeing as what um, Perry what did. What eventually like. happened to him, yes. I love this. I love this so much. Anyone who met me would be surprised that I like this. Because I'm not Reese Witherspoon's biggest fan. I don't like Nicole Kidman in the majority of things that I've seen Nicole Kidman in. I don't particularly like things about groups of women who are always sniping at one another. And, I don't and particularly like, like women. <laughs> no, I do. I do like the occasional woman. But, the, the, but so really, this shouldn't have drawn me in to the extent that it did. But I just thought the way it told its story was a different way of telling a story we think we've seen before when actually we haven't. And I wasn't initially a fan of Nicole Kidman, but she even won me over with her portrayal of someone who is being abused. I don't think there's one member of the cast, aside from maybe, is it Santiago Cabrera who plays the theatre director? I didn't think he was, his portrayal was very good and I didn't really no, care I, about that storyline with him. I think it, if this suffered at all, and, and it really didn't, and I think it is something, if TV ever slows down for one second, I would probably quite happily watch this again much later on down the line the problem it suffered possibly was because it was it was that old thing of it was adapted from a book and when they do that they often feel like do they want to 
cover everything that's in the book? Do they want to cherry pick bits from the book? So there were bits in there that, in retrospect, you think were not needing to be in the adaptation quite as much as I suppose it built into her relationship with Adam Scott that was the only thing didn't it the fact that she'd sort of faltered before and I thought he was brilliant in that final episode when he sung The Wonder of You I thought that was really good I just think it was one of those shows and it doesn't happen very often now because you and I are quite savvy at knowing what something's going to be but it was one of those shows that crept up on me I watched the first one I watched the second one, and before I knew it, I'd finished it. It was it was really easy mm. to watch, really intriguing, and I didn't expect to enjoy it to the level that I did at all. And I would advise every anyone who's seen the ads and thinks, oh, it's just another, I don't know what you compare it to, because the ads made Desperate it Desperate Housewives. Bit, yeah, it made it look a bit Sex in the City-esque as well, the ads with all the women together and sort of having bitchy comments. But there's far more to the story than that, and... Um, Shailene Woodley, who I've always championed, is is particularly engrossing. Yeah, particularly in this conversation now, I'm I'm about to always <laughs> champion. But I really enjoyed it. Please seek it out. So that's Big Little Lies. You can catch up now on uh, Sky Atlantic or through Now TV. If that's how you want to do it. Meanwhile, staying in the states, as this is go west and all, Matt and I are still enjoying the American series five or season yeah. five. Uh, with season six uh, along the way next year, that will be the end of it all. And uh, when we pick up this fifth season, Philip and Elizabeth, our illustrious Russian spies living in the States, are, uh, are with a new family, which threw me initially. They yeah, have, Twan. They, Twan. They have Twan. <laughs> yeah, they haven't got two Koreans, they've only no, got no, Twan. Twan. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I didn't think we'd get this racist this quickly. I know, it's nice to get it out of the way, isn't it? Um, so they've got, they've got a sort of a young teenage Korean boy, Twan, helping them out and living with them. Well, not living with them, living as He lives a... in a house on his own and they pop in yeah. from time to time to pretend to be his uh, pilot and stewardess mother yeah. and father. That's how kind of like I would wish my life was. I don't mind seeing my parents but I wish I lived in a house of my own. And, and they they'd occasionally come by with McDonald's. Yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> Where else are we? So we've got that going on and, and they he has befriended a Russian kid that started at school and Philip and Elizabeth want to get to know their parents uh, very well. And unusually for the Americans, we've not seen this before, the father of the kid mm, at school yeah, is really anti-Russia yeah. uh, and gets under Philip and Elizabeth's skin because they have to obviously play the part of these... Antoine's uh, skin as well. He's quite yeah, offended he's really, by it. Yeah. The big sort of overarching story is about the sort of food industry, isn't it, on both yeah. sides? Because the father of this family has um, been... Um, what's the word? He's, he's fled Russia... And he's been taken on by the food industry. Initially, they think that they're trying. The Americans are trying to sabotage the Russian grain by unleashing a strain of bugs. But um, as they as the series goes on, and Elizabeth and Philip both go undercover in Topeka, Kansas, oddly, um, yeah. they um, discover that actually they're trying to create a, a sort of sustainable grain for the third mm. world. Um, yeah. and they're using people from all around the world and these bugs to sort of um, maintain it and see if it if it holds up to the bugs rather than using the bugs to sabotage it. The people that they've gone undercover 
to have relationships with to get closer to the news are two people that neither one of them can stand. And that's never happened before either. Well, like, initially you think maybe Elizabeth likes the guy, the beardy guy. Yeah. Um, cause, but she's saying like, he's a funny guy, he's charming, but he's laughing and, you know, he's destroying the crops and then mm. she finds out, but there's something in, was it at six where they see him sort of with another woman? Yes. And, and that sort of changes your opinion about him a bit. The other, the woman Philip's with is just really dull. And I loved oh. that scene at the beginning when he was, <laughs> when they were talking about Lotus and it's like, yeah. hey, She's such a great actor. I don't know the actress's name, but her just delivery of all these lines, like sort of just, what is it? Just sort of like a droll delivery. It's sort of just, she's sort of just so dull. Yeah, I can't do justice to the voice. She says things like, um, if if you moved in with me, this would end and Mm. you're very heavy. And then she goes, do you want to have sex? And he goes, yeah. Because the other big relationship that he had with Martha... Mm. Was much more intense, and I think yeah. although Martha he was a lot her, li- more likable, wasn't it? And yeah, he cared about her. He cared about her. He didn't want to see her, and of course, spoiler: he eventually revealed his true self to Martha. Because and we got a little Martha cameo. In I Richard. love. I didn't know if you'd spot that, but yeah. I thought that was a work of genius. Yeah. It was a bit like a Where's Wally. I love yeah. that. The reason for that cameo was the fact that yeah. we've got a sort of separate storyline in Russia this time with. Oleg, uh, who's gone back from America to Russia to work for the uh, KGB, and that's also to do with food industry. Like, there's an under sort of undercover corrupt person who's sort of dishing out the best food to certain supermarkets, and they're trying to see how far up this chain goes. And, and meanwhile, Oleg thinks he's being blackmailed by the FBI. Also, you've got Paige, <laughs> who's sort of even more now sort of entrenched into the spyness of everything, and. She's sort of fascinated by it, isn't yeah, she? Isn't yeah, how do you pretend question? to be another person? Paige, for the uninitiated, is the daughter of Philip and Elizabeth, who found out, was it the end of season three? three. That the parents yeah. were spies and yeah. sort of is getting, they're, they're letting her in more on their work now. They're telling her about all the grain stuff and things like that. She's started a relationship with Matthew Beeman from across the road, um, whose dad is an FBI agent. There was the feeling that she was with him to get information. You know, Philip was worried about that. They've since split up because he's a bit boring. Because I was worried um, Henry, their son, would be a bit Chris Brody, but he's good at maths. One of my favourite things about the Americans is the scenes between him and Stan, because yeah. I think they're just so You want my, sweet my theory that the last season will be Paige becomes a, a spy and Henry becomes an FBI agent under Stan's wing, and he's sort of... That's Spy <laughs> Kids... Spy Kids 4. No, 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 but Spy Kids, they were both on the right side. On each oh, side, okay. I mean. So, like, Henry's an FBI agent, Paige is a Russian spy. Maybe. At, at conflict. I know that wouldn't happen. Like, you know, that would be the sort of sequel. But I, I don't know, because when I started The Americans, way back, about three and a half years ago, if you can remember... Under my recommendation, far, but, I'd like to and say. Under your recommendation and a lot of other people I respect. Maybe but me, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had assumed... And I think it started out this way. I'd assumed, look, Russian spies living in America, FBI agent moves in next door, when's he going to catch him, is he going to catch him, blah, blah, blah. And it feels like it's just so much denser now, mm. so deep. I, I mean, don't even know if I want that in the end. I don't we also know haven't mentioned what... Stan's relationship with a woman who... I, I, I suspected, I think, before Philip that yeah, she might... Yeah, he's a bit uh, too perfect, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. 
she might be working for them, might be working for the Russians, even though uh, Frank Langella's Gabriel sort of poo-pooed it. On. And while we're on, while we're on Philip as yeah. well, we've got his son turning up very briefly, Mishka. being shooed away by uh, by Frank Gabriel. Langella's character Gabriel. And of course, talking to Gabriel, he met Paige mm. the first time as well, which was really understated. Yeah, and re- well, it's re- a lot really of momentous it, as well. It's about the relationship between fathers and sons because Philip's learning about his father. You know, he's getting these that's flashbacks the, to his childhood. Yeah, that's the other thing I like this season, this fifth season. It would be so easy for them to just move the plot along, but I love that they're talking about. They're really thinking about how their actions have affected them and worrying about where they've come from as well, which... I mean, I think, to an extent, he's sort of more sympathetic to the dad from that family who's, yeah. who's sort of um, defected from Russia. But they're he's a come lo- to America to better himself. Yeah, there's so yeah. much to unpack here. And, and the other thing, again, another one, is that the mum now has got a job at the same agency sort of teaching Russian to certain CIA agents that they're, they're hoping to send undercover to Russia so that if, if they get in with her, the KGB can find out who the undercover agents are in Russia. So we're on ep 7 of 13, and then we know there will be 10 more. What do you think the end game should be? Well, I've told you. <laughs> well, if that doesn't pan out... I don't know. Is... I really don't know. Do you want Stan to catch them? Is it even about that anymore? Mm. That's the beauty of it, though. I don't know. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mm. What the end game is. I mean, there has to be a good payoff after like six seasons. I mean, the style of this is brilliant as well. And um, the use of music again. I'm just going to say the use of music. In like the first couple of seasons, it was a lot more overt. They used a lot more... I mean, that first episode alone, you remember they used In the Air Tonight, they used yeah, Tusk. Tusk. And they've still got Dylan Baker's infected hand or something, haven't they? Now, let's go back to that, because you weren't keen on episode one. Um, and you weren't alone. A lot of people said too much digging. I found, <laughs> I found you know... Yeah. I, did I do turn, I... like the, the way the Americans has these scenes. Uh, we, I mean, we just talked about the music, but they do have scenes where it's just silence and just... Uh, here's a technical term for you, Luke. Diegetic sounds, where it is... Blamianic. Sound. How have you been hiding that? bad boy all these years it's, it's it's my film studies training what can i say in case you missed matt's technical term diegetic sounds that was matt's technical term and that means that it's sound that you can only hear in the actual scene you know no external yeah. music that would be non-diegetic sound where they're and what it makes it because di- because 
Gary would probably know, have been diabetic himself. So, what... <laughs> ah, they have that in this scene where it's just them digging and they're sort of sighing and going for water and stuff because they're digging up the body of Dylan Baker's sort of mad. Was he like a mad scientist type? He who... was literally a mad scientist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it ends with Hans getting infected and basically just killed by Elizabeth and slung in the grave with Dylan but Baker. It's a show that's very, very aware of where it's going, I think. And it it's, en- it it's, en- it's engaging and it's got yeah. characters you can sympathise with. And it's, it's, it's just, I mean, I say I, I started watching, I've watched all seven within the last probably four or five days. Compared to something else on FX, which is Feud, which I sort of have stuck with just out of habit, I think. And mm. the last episode of Feud aired um, on Sunday night in the States. And it was just a bit all over the place, really. They don't really know how to end it. And compared to that, I mean, The Americans is just is, is just great. I mean, the performances from all of them, the wig department needs special uh, men yes. for that. <laughs> Best wigs on telly. You know, I can't praise it enough. It is one of my favourite shows of all time. And if it... If it ends as you know, if it ends as well as I hope it's going to end, mm. then it will have a special place in my heart, really, in my TV obsessed heart. Because you speak a lot on Line of Duty about the intricacies, intricacies of it. yeah. And well, that's what I mean from like, I mean, the digging may have gone on too long, but that the scene with the midges, obviously, because they're spies, there's a lot of um, scenes where they're just trailing people, and they just yeah. let you follow those scenes, don't they? And I love the relate. I still think Paige is a wonderful character because I love the juxtaposition. Even though it's harder for me to say than I imagine. Yeah, that I love (laughs) that between Paige and particularly her mum because how did these people create such a sort of a a girl with such a wonderful outlook on the world Mm. and inquisitiveness about the world? You can find the first three seasons on Amazon Prime and season four which is the one before the one we're talking about, so spoilers ahoy, um, that is on on Amazon Prime it's a on shame the 1st of May. That ITV sort of just dropped this completely, isn't it? I yeah, mean, and yet they're sticking by Lethal Weapon. <laughs> they showed the first two seasons on normal ITV and then the mm-hmm. third season on ITV Encore and then they just dropped it all together. Yeah, I don't know whether they even bought... No, they... they did show four as well on Did ITV they? Encore, oh, okay. but I don't think they've bought five and six. Well, that's a shame. So, you know, why? Uh, but yeah, first three, well, first four will eventually be on Amazon Prime. Okay, now on to a return, another returning series in the US, the excellent Veep. Basically, the situation now is that Selena Myers is now one year removed from her very short acting presidency. Um, she's no longer the Veep, she's no longer really anything, but she still has uh, uh, her assistant. Uh, Gary. Gary, yes. <laughs> the best Gary on telly, I think. Well, possibly the best Gary on telly, but not on podcast form. And, and nearly all of the rest of the team have got other jobs, so her personal assistant is now running a campaign for her husband in Idaho or Wyoming or somewhere in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Her previous other assistant is now hosting or filling in hosting a CBS morning show, Um the political people in the in the West Wing, um, one guy's working for Uber. There's a fantastic scene, isn't there, in the Uber offices. Uh, yeah. So you can just imagine the most millennial office that you've ever had. Uh, and basically, they've got things all around there. And he's basically working off a bit of paper. And, and, and there's a beautiful bit where they're pointing to all these presentations. 
He starts talking, and they will turn and look at the screen. He has to go, yeah. I, I haven't got, got a presentation. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I loved it. And, Love and that, then, yeah. of course, a lot of them are working for Jonah as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's what you twist. find out, that, that Jonah has recovered from cancer but still shaves his head for sympathy, <laughs> uh, which, I, which I just think is just... A, I was about to feel very sorry for Jonah, and then I remember why you're not supposed to, because yeah. the guy that's is an right. idiot. When this started... We knew it as the thick of it, sort of a re- yeah. rebrand reboot. It's so much more than that. It's one of the best comedies on telly oh, by a by a country mile. The main p- premise of this is that uh, all throughout the episode, Selena is positioning herself to attend a breakfast or a lunch where she can then afterwards declare her interest in becoming president again. Yeah. There is now a female president. We haven't seen her yet. I'm hoping they get someone good in for that because oh, that could be. And um, she's not politically, remotely financed or in line for anything. What I liked about it, and it really stood out this series, possibly because they've all gone their separate ways. It's really an ensemble piece now, where they've all gone off and done their own thing. And I think I saw episode two today, which is on Tuesday nights, and I feel like they're building up for them all to reunite in some well, that, way. Well, that was what like I was that. thinking, was in the first episode, really what they're kind of doing. She's trying to, she, she's kind of seeing people and trying to get the band back together. And I imagine there'll be a sort of a kind of like hilarious, like no way. And the, the, her former chief of staff is basically like, you've got no money, you've got no friends, you've got no chance. I'm assuming she either gets money or friends and has some way of running. But of course, it being Veep, uh, she'll end up in, in total disaster. I mean, I think that's the thing that differs it from the thick of it is that she's born to fail in everything she does. I, I also found, I, th- I think the thick of it I loved, but I love that for different reasons yeah. than I love Veep. I think Veep is funnier by a long way than, than, than thick of it. Thick of it was on at the stage where we were doing a lot of cringeworthy comedy like The Office and yep. picking on people and, and looking at people and going, aren't they idiots? Whereas this is more of a conventional laugh-out-loud comedy well, with well, I think proper as well, comedic it, moments. The thick of it represented the, the politics of the time, you know, the Tony Blair spin and the end mm. of that era. Veep seems to have now transcended beyond the George Bush, beyond the Obama, now into and has settled very nicely into the Trump era. Another thing helping it is the fact that it's HBO, it does yeah. 10 episodes a year. If it were doing 24, 23, like, things Not like that, The Big Bang Theory... Enough and Brooklyn Nine-Nine do, I don't think I'd be as invested, because it can't, it can't possibly be as tight. Well, I think as well, it has that me. advantage by being HBO. They can be very sweary, they can be very crude, but they Oddly do it in though, a I'm, good I'm way. I'm never really offended, but... See, there were bits of the thick of it that, that seemed to offend, and uh, Peter Capaldi's character would do his best to offend mm. whoever he walked in on, and that would of, often rub off on the viewer. Whereas the language is still as ripe in this, and it doesn't offend me in quite the same way. I, it doesn't, I think I it know doesn't, why. It's because it's so why. quick. I think that's the other mm. thing that we've said about Veep in the past. It's fast. It's it's 23 minutes. It's quick. And therefore, it, they don't allow the um, the swearing to settle. So before you thought, oh my goodness, what did she just say? She, she's she moved on. Said, she moved on to the next joke. Yeah. And 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 it's it's that I think that's what keeps it from that being that kind of shock show to being that, as you say, that good ensemble comedy. Uh, you can catch this on Sky Atlantic. Also, if you've got Sky Go, uh, you yeah. can stream these episodes after they've been aired. 
I, I do think it's one of the smartest American comedies that we've had it in a really, long time. It's really. I I question every year how can they keep bringing these people back? Yeah. Surely, surely at some point Julie, Julia Louis Dreyfus would have to leave, but. Every year it comes back, and I'm like, I love this so much. Uh, as I say, we told you how you can get it. We both love it. And now, with the reviews, the longest gap. Do not turn up your radio. In fact, do, to appreciate the gap. With Matt, where Matt says... Hello. Hey! <laughs> um, I need to take my headphones off because I couldn't cope with that. <laughs> uh, line of Duty, uh, penultimate episode of the crime drama. Can someone else lead this? Because I feel like it's been so long since I, I saw like this. It. It's almost a week. Gary's good at these leads. Right. <laughs> oh, can we? I, I've got things to do, though. <laughs> In this episode, things started to unravel, basically, in a, a big twist. Physically? She- she loses her hand. Uh, the scratch wound, which we all believe, well, I believe, sorry, comes from uh, the uh, forensic investigator. It Tim appears Eyfield. to have turned septic, and very quickly she has to be admitted to hospital. She, she certainly <laughs> blamed her husband because he had to use power of attorney to make the decision because she was out. Back at AC12, things move quite a pace and, and take a rather nice turn. Uh, firstly, we get Martin Compton coming back to work too soon. And we get Vicky McClure back on the case because, of course, now she's been outed as an undercover cop. The guy that was doing the interviews that messed up last week is is gone from AC12. He was accused of... As um, I said in my review, he had a lucky escape because usually you end up leaving in a body bag in AC12. Poor old Jessica Rain got thrown out of a window. Let it go, Matt. (laughs) It'll happen. He was accused uh, incorrectly of um, uh, 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 downloading uh, Lindsay Denton files. No, not Lindsay Denton. Was it Craig Parkinson files? Cotton. Dots files. Dots files, which was handed over by the young female uh, officer to uh, the um, chief inspector. Dot revealed before he died that the head of the dodgy copper thingy had a surname beginning with H. And I did wonder why so many people had surnames beginning with H. Well, it does does make sense Huntley, Hastings, Hilton. And Hargreaves, who comes back in the final episode. Who's Hargreaves? Tony, Tony, what's it from? Uh, oh, Tony Pitts. Ah. In a wonderful way of Jude Mercurio writing, which I think only he can do, they went all the way back to series blooming one. Now, was this Lenny James's wife? No, it was killed? his mistress. It was his mistress, wasn't it? The way in which they were able to reopen this case because AC12 had been told to step away, linked back to the way in which she was killed, in the way in which the bodies had been stored in freezers, which was the way in which her body was found. So they found an inn to be able to reopen the case. At the end of the episode, we are faced with the fact that Ros Huntley has had her husband arrested and is once again kind of trying to cover up her problems. And secondly, uh, poor poor old Chief Inspector Hastings is now on leave and effectively there's no one running ac12 into episode six we've got quite an awful lot to yeah, catch up and pack. round up in one episode and we've, o- and we've only got the hour not the hour and yeah. a half we had last and week. patrick ballady character where does he fit in because obviously he's brilliant is he, he? we well, don't know also... the allegiances he has with Roz well, and with Vic. That... he represented michael farmer in his first case his the the rape allegations 
is it Jimmy Lakewell, the character? Yeah. He's yeah. got Lakewell. a sort of uh, previous link, but I think the big money is on him being Balaclava Man, but now surely there's the, the thing that these Balaclava Man have got something to do with the sort of big corrupt network of coppers. Do you think Ros Huntley gets away with it? With what? Or does she become the with one? What? With what? With, with 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 the fact that she's framed her husband incorrectly and everything. Is she going to get is caught? Her, 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 the lies that we know she's told. Uh, to as to the ones that yes. we think she's told. I don't believe she'll she get away come with it, no. no, I think she'll get come up. Maybe not for everything. She'll be... Ch- it might no, be got, a case... I, I don't, believe that, of... I don't believe he'll reveal the big police conspiracy in this series. No, 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 but it <laughs> might be a case if we find out she's done more than she gets found yeah. out for, if that makes sense. Do you think he gets his job back in the next episode? Yes. yes. By the end of the episode. Maybe oh, right yeah. at the end, but yes. And do you think we get the reveal of who is Balaclava Man? I like the idea of Patrick I, d- I don't think we're going to get that reveal. Well, only see, now I said I'd... that earlier on this year in YouTube. No, because now, it. earlier on this year, it's only been on five weeks. But... Yeah, but that's still <laughs> earlier on this year. It's still <laughs> it is true, Luke, it is earlier. I know, it annoys me, though. Anything right. earlier than today is technically earlier. It's your own time you're wasting. <laughs> um... I've got time to waste. I don't. I think that the balaclava men, as we're going to call them from now on, I think they are part of mm. the the backbone of the entire series. I think what we're going to find out is who killed Tim Ifield. Mm. That's right. going to be resolved. One who killed that? Those a, people, those girls. Poss- yeah. One possibly. question I have is: Why are these girls being killed? Are they being killed by? Someone trying to frame other coppers and things like that, like they. Or is it? Or is it, Lamartine, Toby or is Gates. it? Some, somebody's because, killed her, and the coppers have, have, have hidden it. Initially, at the beginning of this series, we thought Balaclava Man was one serial killer killing yeah. these mm. two women, and obviously trying to kill Hannah Redlinkova. But have these two women got links to officers that they mm. are using these? Is it that these people have been killed and they've used the balaclava man scapegoat as their mm. way of, of yeah, that's covering what we, it up? Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Okay, and well, maybe I, I, li- I like people that. People like, I like that as a Tim Ifield knew about this sort of cover-up. Or maybe... Hence why he went as balaclava yeah. man to pick up yeah. all his tools. Which would suggest, as you say, that either uh, Nick Huntley or Patrick Ballantyne, whoever attacked Martin... Ballady. Ballady. No, there's no Ballady. relation to Duncan Ballantyne. No relation. Oh, fair enough. I've never thought of um, Line of Duty as a show that needs to have an ending in this sense. Mm. Um, I was always shocked that it came back for Series 2 because of the fact that they killed off their biggest name in, in Series 1. I trust Jed. I he's think... Got enough, well, got so quality, do I, but I think he's... There. I think he's piled so much in. The fact it is now on BBC One, more people are watching it, and these are the sort of more mainstream people who are used to having a definitive end to their series, like, for example... That's my thinking. Like a Broadchurch, where we had the... We might uh, not like the reveal, but at least we get it. A a reveal, a who is this, Hmm. it ends at the end of the series, whereas Line of Duty, we've seen threads end during one series but then picked up again and the other big drama this week was a new three part i think three parts four part four parts uh little boy blue written by uh jeff pope who bought us um the sheridan smith saga who bought us sheridan's career yeah sheridan's dramatic career 
with uh, Mrs. Biggs and Scylla and what's the other one? Uh, the more side he was involved the more in. This is another true story. Uh, this is set in 2007. It concerns the uh, shooting of uh, Reese Jones, who's an 11-year-old who was uh, walking home from football practice when he was uh, shot in a pub car park. This first episode sort of builds up to the shooting itself and then sees the aftermath and the start of the police investigation led by Detective Superintendent Kelly, played by Stephen Graham. There's sort of three stories in this, really. There's the police investigation, the family, and then all the sort of ne'er-do-well thugs who were sort of involved. We talked about this briefly last night, didn't we? Where you, yeah, we did. You weren't a fan of it. I mean, with that in mind, I think maybe, parts of this I quite liked. I thought everything with the family worked for me. The actors Sinead Keenan and Brian F. O'Byrne were really good at portraying the grief. I think it's the stuff... I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the stuff with the investigation. Even though I think Stephen Graham's very good, the performance is good, it's the writing of that stuff, and especially the stuff with the the kids, the the, the one, the, the gang oh, members. Yeah, yeah. I, I know from a fact, I, you know, I've, I've seen Jeff Pope multiple times, and I think he does quite a lot of research for these scripts and does try and make the, the dialogue as realistic as possible. But obviously he won't be sort of privy to what went on between the gang members. So they've they've got to sort of imagine this dialogue. And Mm. between the imagined dialogue and the shoddy performances from the the young actors, I think that is the weakest part of of the first episode. Yeah, we talked about the Americans and Line of Duty being dense with plot and emotional and all that. And it just felt a bit thin. Not light, light. Slight and thin, yeah. The other thing uh, against it, I feel, is that it could easily have been at least a two-parter, if not just a one-off. They could have done this as maybe a 90-minute one-off. Yeah. It would have worked a lot better. The the scenes with the family, I think... Oh, yeah, the scenes with the morgue scene was particularly difficult. The the rawness of that, the scene where she realises, having gone to his bedroom to be near him, Mm. that she's still covered in his blood, that was very raw. It's just got elements to it that take me out Mm. i can't say that i wasn't moved by it you know the scene where basically where they they decide they couldn't save him in the hospital Mm. that got me i i I was i was moved by it so it's obviously parts of it work for me again though i'm not sure if i'm going to stick with this that was my next thing i don't know it got to the end and i don't remember the final scene which is not good because I saw it less than 12 hours ago. I saw it about 10, 20 minutes ago and I'm I'm struggling. My folks will want to watch it, so I'll watch it. But I, I wasn't as invested as I no, thought I should it's a, be. It's, um, I think this would be the strongest episode because it's got the incident itself in it. I think it's going to be diminishing returns as it goes on because it is mm. going to descend into a police investigation. And we sort of know already who's done it as well. That's the other thing. Well, I, I don't know. I don't remember the. No, I but, don't remember the original story. But well, okay, so we assume it's one of those gang members, though, don't oh, we? Yeah, yeah, not yeah. like going to be his brother or something like that. It's, it's no. not going to be because it's based on a true story. So it is going to. I reckon it will be probably quite anticlimactic. Similarly, I mean, like the the more side, we said, oh, we know this story already, but because they focused on a different character, they focused on Julie, who we didn't know. I think that mm. worked for for the more side. That was also. Only a two-part. <coughs> yeah, exactly. 
I just feel like the majority of ITV dramas are a bit thinly drawn at the moment. I think Unforgotten and Endeavour aside, which we always are big supporters of, I just I can't wait for their new raft of dramas from their new commissioners. Holy to come hell! In. I just find them all a bit a bit bland, and I mm-hmm. I have to admit, just just outside of the more emotional moments, the moments that I mentioned in the morgue and in the bedroom. I just found this a bit bland, and I suppose I should have cared more than I did. I also appreciated in its favour that I know I'd seen Sinead in other things, uh, not as often, but I also appreciated that this wasn't Saran Jones yeah, and Kevin yeah, Doyle, or, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I appreciated the fact that, uh, aside from uh, Stephen Graham, there wasn't many sort of star... There was people you sort of recognised, yeah. like a couple of the coppers. I mean, I recognised... One of the football coaches, and but that's because uh, we're telly nerds. Yeah, but... the the wider TV watching people wouldn't. Yeah. Even Stephen Graham, I mean, isn't a massive name, is he? I mean, he's. Been... I appreciated the fact that it wasn't like Christopher mm. Eccleston and and I don't know Saran Jones as a pairing. And but aside from that, I just think all their drama output just doesn't it doesn't affect me any. I'm a bit. I'm a bit mm. wise to it all, really. If this wasn't a true story, I don't think I'd be I'd been moved at all. Mm. That's the thing. I think if it, if I didn't know this was all based on reality and this terrible thing had happened to this this perfect family, and this was just an ordinary drama that ITV had stuck on a Monday night, I don't know whether I'd been moved at all. I can't. I yeah. don't think I would have been. I if think this it, was the plot of say. Uh... Waking the Dead or something. I can't yeah, yeah. Silent Witness or... Yeah. Especially when there's uh, the Americans' online of duties on. It just leaves all their stuff in, in in the dust for me. I just think it's all kind of uninspiring and un- unenjoyable. Have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Good the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. Before we move on to our picks of the week, Gary wanted to have a moan about a show on BBC One. Friday night, 9.30, a, a, a dead spot for comedy these days, hence Miranda, Citizen Car and all that. A new comedy that was reasonably well hyped uh, and there was a pilot uh, released sometime last year, created by Tom Binns, a well-known com- comedian and radio personality, was going to play a number of characters in a hospital, a hospital radio DJ, the head of the hospital. He also plays a porter who's into Reiki. The, the radio DJ is like your typical sort of like geeky hospital radio DJ. It was trying I, I... far too hard to be funny, but but not giving you any jokes. Uh, Matt, did you ever Hello. see the service? Did you ever see the services that Peter, With Peter K did? K. Yes, yeah. I remember that. It reminded me of that, except that was on in 1997. Yeah, and this is on in 2017. It is. And this it really feels... felt like a program from ten years ago. Twenty years. Well, I, I would go twenty years ago. Green Wing still looks more up to date than this. I love Green Wing. So, Green and Wing. I loved it as well. It took a couple of goes, but I got into it and I loved it. If you're gonna do a hospital comedy, stay away from the usual tropes. Try and do something different. We I mean, and you have, as you said, it. Green Wing and Scrubs, the two big sort of yeah. comedies that people... I don't want another Green Wing or Scrubs necessarily. Yeah. I didn't expect it to be that. I think the problem with it was that it was just, it just felt so dated. I mean, he, he played, played, Tom Binns plays what made all it, the characters. What made it dated then? 
the hospital wasn't modern at all. It was, it looked like it was from twenty years ago. All the characters he played look like they were caricatures and not real people. Okay, so it... yeah. And he played too many characters. And he was dressing up and cross dressing and it's like and eventually that just wore down a bit. It, it's a shame because I think it's, fl- it's um, fly on the wall, which yeah, is which is a sort of like fly a on the wall. I always find is a bit of a cop out for people who can't yeah, write. It is absolutely. It is an absolute. And I believe out. each week they've got some sort of celebrity. I know Russell Brand's due to appear on it in, f- in a future episode. I know, like for example, I thought that with Derek as like, why was Derek flying the wall? Such a shame because you know we're crying out for a good comedy at the moment. I feel in this country. Gosh, yeah. Carsham. Well, you don't yeah, but that's it, over, but isn't brilliant. it? I mean, that's what you guys have been saying, yeah. is that you've got four episodes and that's it. We're crying out for something new now. Uh, picks <laughs> of the week. Um, sorry, folks. Line of Duty, the final episode, Sunday, 9 o'clock, BBC One. American Gods is starting on yeah, I was um, thinking. Uh, on Amazon this week. Uh, Mon- sorry, Monday, sorry. Monday. Is it, is it Ricky Whittle out of Hollyoaks? Yes. American Gods is really good, apparently, and I, I'll, I'll try and get a review done for next week. Well, I might watch that as well, because it's on Amazon. I might watch that as well. So we'll talk about that next week. week. And, and next then week. You, you've left me with the sort of dregs of all the stuff about Madeleine McCann or a new uh, daytime quiz show hosted by Rylan about Russian dolls. I read today that he's quit Twitter. Uh, yeah, because he... people are accusing him of ruining the chase or cancelling the chase with Babushka, his new game show. Can he, oh, in fairness, he didn't blooming shit, Janet, did he? What, what for? Chase is only on, is, he always has like four weeks off a year and, and they always have one of these rubbish game shows that never last, so let's just have something that sounds particularly ridiculous. I will just continue highlighting the good fight, which is still plodding along on Thursday nights on More Force. I'm up to date with that, and yes, it is really good. I can I can firmly um, agree with that one. Can I also say that, uh, despite uh, Luke's protestations, I finished 13 Reasons Why. And I tell you what, I think in years to come, you might regret giving up on this one. It's certainly been the most talked about television programme on Twitter this year. Uh, yeah, but I think that's just the Netflix effect and people thinking well, they've got to watch it because... Fair enough. And I think it deals superbly with teenage suicide. Just and reading it about it, it, though, Gary, it just seems like everybody just completely... I, I, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying not to use a, um, a swear word here, but dumped on this girl from a great height. Watching 13 episodes of someone have horrible things done to them. Okay, if you think you can manage it, watch all 13. If not, yeah, watch the I'm last just, two. Uh, and again, it was a long... It was like, what, 50... Are they over, like, 50 minutes each? They're about 50 minutes, yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Most... I, I, the challenge is, it, the, the, the real adventure, I think, or the real beginning begins in the, in the last two episodes, where you get the last side of the tape leading up to... And they show you her suicide. Oh, I know, I know. The okay, thing is, no, though, everybody that I've heard do. praise it, like you, everybody that's praised it has said... Although they think it's fantastic, blah, 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 there's too many of them. It doesn't need to be 13. Would you agree well, with that? there's a couple of episodes that could have been trimmed. I you said it got good at episode 9 last Yeah, week. sure, but then that's before <laughs> I saw episodes 11 and 12 and 13. So it kept getting better. I, I do think that this could be one of those things that if you don't watch it, in a couple of years' time, people are going to say, this is a reason why this happened, or this is why this started. I feel this could be... One of these must-see TV shows, and I'm just saying that I've now seen okay. it and I can see it, and I I understand okay. why. But to be fair, you didn't see my my fat diary, which tackled it the same subject as as in depthly and as grittily 
with okay. humour and, yeah, and, fair point. and emotion. I'm not going to say that I've... And there's a number of shows that I've not watched that, that, that do that. Fair, fair point. I'm just saying I've now seen... This could be like a Breaking Bad moment. Does lead boy get any less annoying? He doesn't get any more annoying. That was my main issue with it, that you just... He, he gets spend, a little bit more interesting. He starts to fill you out... You spend much too much time with this this character who you just who I didn't warm to, and that's part of the reason why I didn't carry I on. I can't with. really give too much away, but he does no. become... But the actor doesn't get any better. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, no, I don't so think I'm not going to watch it. Great. Twitter is at Lucaster TV. Gary's is... Uh, at the Gary Show. Follow me like Barack Obama does. <laughs> Matt, who's your most famous follower? Uh, Matt is at Matt's TV Bites. A bit. Oh, I don't get follower. to answer that question. And I haven't got the time. Um, you Brendan, can, from, you know Brendan from Coach Trip. on a postcard. It's either Brendan from Coach Trip or Condoleezza Rice. It's one of the two. <laughs> um, or, or me. I'm at Luke Custard TV. I'm I'm followed by Martin Comston. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, you done yeah, well. I, I win there. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash the custard TV. YouTube is where you find um, sort of edited down individual yeah, there, reviews. There's some more ones up there now. I've just done some today. so. And also, uh, if you want to rate and review us wherever you find us, iTunes, Spreaker, wherever it is you find us, we are the Custard TV uh, podcast. I forgot the name of the podcast there for a minute. My mailbag has is not bulging this week. We need some more. No, it's uh, sagging, if anything. Yes, emails people about either the shows we've talked about, the shows we're going to talk about, and some more questions for our Q&A special coming soon when we get some more questions. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's the best uh, bye you've ever done. I was trying to do Gary's bye because he Yeah, I know, because I did the hello. Yeah, I, I realised that. <laughs> Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.